This podcast is sponsored by Ramp. Are you the decision maker in your company? Consider this. For the first time in decades, there's a better option for a corporate card and spend management platform. Meet Ramp, the only corporate card and spend management system designed to help you spend less money so you can make more. Most corporate credit cards offer points as incentives, but those points amount to less than their worth in real cash value. Ramp's business cards offer you cash back, real money in your pocket. Plus, you control who spends what with each vendor. And Ramp software collects and verifies receipts automatically, which means you'll stop wasteful spending and close your books in hours instead of days. Businesses that use Ramp add up to 5% to their bottom line the first year. If you're a decision maker, adding Ramp could be one of the best decisions you've ever made. And now get $250 when you join Ramp for free. Just go to ramp.com slash easy. Ramp.com slash easy. R-A-M-P dot com slash easy. Cards issued by Sutton Bank and Celtic Bank members of DIC. Terms and conditions apply. Hello and welcome to the Money Nerds podcast, where owning a calculator, budgeting your money, and having a net worth is actually cool. I'm your host, Whitney Hansen, and each week I'll be chatting with inspiring people to learn their secrets to financial success. Now let's dive into the show. Hey, do you need a financial coach? If so, let's work together. As a coach, I help you get structure around your finances, visualize your ideal life, whatever that looks like for you, and more importantly, put together a strategy to help you get there. A lot of people hire me because they want to pay off debt faster and more efficiently and boost up their savings or increase their credit score, and those are all awesome goals. Financial coaching just helps you because I hold you accountable the entire way. Yeah, for better or worse, we're kind of like we're married. So if you want to take the podcast concepts that you're learning here and apply those to your life with my help, then you need to apply for coaching at WhitneyHanson.com slash customized dash coaching. Once again, that's WhitneyHanson.com slash customized dash coaching. I am so stoked to work with you and help you reach your financial goals. Hey, money nerds, here are seven reasons why it's hard to stick with a budget and how to fix it. Let's be honest, sticking with a budget can sometimes feel really hard. Why? Because there's a lot of different things that can go on, but we have found seven reasons why most people struggle to stick with a budget. And I'm going to give you a little bit of tips and tricks for how you might fix that. So that budgeting becomes a little bit more normalized and not so difficult. So let's go ahead and dive in. The first reason why is because your budget is unrealistic. So let's face it, if your budget is way too strict or it's just not accurate, the numbers are just unrealistic, you're gonna be defeated and you're gonna have a really hard time sticking with the plan because it wasn't a good plan to begin with. So here's what you can do to actually fix that. The fix is to use data to help you better predict your expenses and always estimate higher on your expenses and lower on your income. This kind of enforces that you'll be living below your means, which is what we want with budgeting. We wanna make sure that we are putting money away towards our future and we're paying our bills with what's left. But sometimes when we have these numbers that are just really unrealistic, we don't even have the ability to do any of that stuff because our budget is skewed to begin with. So that's why it's really important to use data as your friend, get a better understanding of what your finances actually look like on a normal basis, and that will help you become a better forecaster. The second reason is because of unexpected expenses. Let's be real, stuff always comes up, there's always emergencies, there's always stuff that we haven't necessarily planned for, but even though those things feel really unexpected, they actually are quite predictable. Again, we're going to use data as our friend because the fix here is to start a tab on your Google Sheet. I personally love Google Sheets for budgeting. I find it to be the best, it's free. I have the app on my phone as well so I can access my budget 
pretty much wherever I go. So I find that to be the most effective way to go. And what I like to do is I like to start a tab and I title it annual and upcoming expenses. What I'm doing there is anytime something random comes up, think like Amazon Prime or your HOA, or maybe it's even like your car insurance if you pay that quarterly or semi-annually, those kinds of things can really throw you off subscriptions that might renew once a year is another thing that could definitely throw you off. Costco memberships, your kids registration fees, all of that kind of stuff. When it comes up, I want you just to go list it out on your spreadsheet so that it's there and ready to go. So when you start to set up your budget for the upcoming month, you can review this and you can see exactly what needs to be included in that specific month budget. It helps so much. The other thing that I like to do is I like to always, always have a miscellaneous category in budgets. Now I do this with a lot of my coaching clients too, because we are not perfect. And sometimes we just forget stuff like Welcome to being a human, right? So if we have a miscellaneous account and I like to allocate at least $150 into that account, I find that it's enough money to really help you and kind of cover some of that base. Now, if that miscellaneous number isn't quite right for you, the easy way to do this is to look at all of the data, look at three months of your spending and get a better idea of how much of that was actually unexpected expenses that you just didn't expect to come up. What you might find is it might be $200 a month for you, or maybe even three, or maybe it's only 50 bucks. Maybe you're pretty dang good at forecasting. That's okay too, but you just want to make sure that you have one category in your budget that helps you encompass that kind of stuff. And you have some money set aside to cover that when things do come up. The next piece of making sure that you don't have these unexpected expenses is to have an emergency fund. An emergency fund needs to be like your top priority. This is so dire because without it, what happens is we typically turn to credit cards or we're constantly going through this cycle of like, we'll fund our savings account and then immediately pull that money out. You know what I'm talking about. And then you fund it again and then you pull a little bit more out. This cycle can be prevented if we just truly prioritize our emergency fund and getting on that realistic budget. Maybe your emergency fund needs to take you a little bit longer to build up to. Maybe you can't actually save $500 a month because you can, you're always pulling that money from that account. That's a good indicator that maybe you need to reduce the amount you're putting into your emergency fund, extend the timeline that you'll have that fund completed and be a little bit more realistic. It's much, much better than having that constant vicious cycle of putting money away, pulling money out. It just like, just don't do that to yourself. It's really, really tough. The next reason why it is difficult to stick to a budget is because of lack of discipline. Now, discipline is one of those like words that nobody likes to hear, but it is seriously so critical for every foundational element of success, whether that's your budgeting, whether it's your health goals, whether that's your business or your career. When you know how to become more, a more disciplined person, you win in every single one of those areas. Sticking to a budget is no different. It requires discipline. It requires the ability to resist those impulse purchases that we know we want to have, those TikTok things or Instagram ads where you're like, oh my God, I feel like I need this. You probably don't. And that usually leads to overspending. So here's the fix for building up a habit of having a little bit more discipline. First and foremost, just leave your card at home. 
I love this tip because I find that when we are relying on willpower, we will eventually give in. It is really, really hard to stick with just willpower all the time when you feel like a ton of things that are like constantly requesting your energy. You're eventually going to be too exhausted and you're just going to give in to what's easy and what's comfortable. And that is usually impulse spending. So leave your card at home. If you know this is something you struggle with, just make sure your car has enough gas, you've brought your lunch to work, and don't bring your card. Like it really does make a big difference. The other thing is I like to really actively express intentionality before I make any purchase. I ask myself, why am I actually making this purchase? Is this because I want it or I need it? Am I trying to fill some type of an emotional void? Here's how you know that this might be happening. Let's say you go into I don't know, Target and you're looking around and you see glassware <laughs> This could be a thing. You see glassware and you're immediately telling yourself, I need this. What is that story or that picture that you're painting in your head before you make that purchase? You probably don't need it, but sometimes we we imagine how cool it would be to have this. We're going to have a dinner party and it's going to be so great because it's a matching set and we've never had that before and it's going to be so cute. So we get really excited about the story behind that item. That is 100% emotions taking over. Reality is you probably don't need the glassware and you're just fine. You can still host an amazing dinner party and you're going to be totally fine. But it's that narration that we have behind it and the justification that we use in order to make that purchase that becomes the problem. So really practicing that intentionality behind why is it that I'm choosing to purchase this and do I actually need it or want it is really helpful. And sometimes just that pause alone is enough to really reframe everything and get you back on track to your financial goals. Tell yourself, no, you can be sad about it. And then you can walk away and go home with more money in the bank. It's great. The other thing I like to do is I like to really actively train my brain to only take in information and messages that are positive and are helping me reach my goals. This is in the form of podcasts, YouTube videos, books that I read, accounts that I follow on social media. These are all things that are supporting healthy financial habits. Now, if that's something you're trying to actively be better about and you're not listening to podcasts and YouTube videos and reading books that are aligned with your goals, you're missing out because that information is always in the back of your head and it starts to impact you so much more strongly than you would like to admit. And so that's why it's so important if you lack discipline to just go all in on that type of content because it will really affect the way you think and the way you act. Now, in another extreme level, what I actually did to try to build up my habit of discipline was trying 75 hard. If you haven't heard of this, it's a mental toughness challenge. I'm not going to go into detail. I did do an entire podcast episode about my takeaways from 75 hard. So you can go listen in. It was so good. Just Google 75 hard, the money nerds, it'll come up. The next reason that you might be having a hard time sticking to a budget is because of underestimating expenses. Now, people underestimate the amount they spend on mostly food is what I notice most often. It's groceries and it's eating out. It's also shopping. A lot of times people don't think they shop that much, but when they actually look at their data and their numbers, they realize maybe they have a problem. Like it's really, really common. And that can also make sticking to a budget so hard if you just have no idea what your expenses typically are. So again, back to that tip, always underestimate your your income and overestimate your expenses. That will serve you well. But Another angle to this is sometimes when you're looking at your budget and you're trying to reduce the amount you spend on a normal basis, 
Sometimes we have that number in mind and we'll cut it down to a very unrealistic number. So that could be maybe your groceries are typically $600. You've been tracking, you know that's how much you spend. For some reason, we get overly ambitious and we say, okay, I normally spend 600, but I'm going to try 400. And then we beat ourselves up that we didn't stick with our budget and we get frustrated and we think that budgeting just doesn't work. So we quit it all together. And then eventually, maybe six months later, we get back on the budgeting cycle and we start this process all over again. It's very dysfunctional. When really it wasn't the budget or even the amount that was unrealistic, but the way you chose to cut that down so quickly might not have fit your life. And also you don't always have to cut down an item. If that is the amount you spend, that's probably the amount you spend. You don't have to change every single item on your budget. So what I want you to do is be realistic when you're cutting down expenses. It is okay to want to alleviate some of that that tension on your budget and free up some cash flow to things that are more important for you. That's awesome. But be very gradual with how you reduce that amount so that it doesn't hurt so much all in one sitting. And of course, you need to track your spending so you know what is normal for you. Next up, we don't have clear goals. Everything in our lives comes down to clarity and discipline. We already talked about discipline, so I'll get off of that soapbox for a second. But that clarity around what you want and what you're working towards is so key. When you have very clear goals and you have very clear expectations of why you're working towards a certain thing, it's easier to stick with your budget and it's easier to feel more excited. Like it's just a more exciting process when you have something that you are excited about working towards. And that's why it's so key to have clear goals. So here's the fix. List out all the fun goals that you want to accomplish over the next year. Maybe it's going on a vacay in the fall. You want to go to the Caribbean or Hawaii or Europe or wherever the heck you want to go. Or maybe it's saving up for an emergency fund because that's something that that financial security, you just really want that. And you know, you feel better when you have money in the bank. Knowing how much this is going to cost you is so key because it helps you see what you're going to have to do in order to accomplish that goal. And you're likely going to run into situations where you have competing goals. Like maybe you don't have enough disposable income to accomplish the vacation, the emergency fund, the house down payment fund, and the new car. Like you just don't have enough to do that. So if that's the case, you have to start to say, what's more important to me? You have two options. You can either reduce the goal So you can say, right now, I'm going to focus on one goal at a time, or you can extend the timeline. So maybe you look at all of your goals and you say, I still want to prioritize all of these things, but it's going to take me five years instead of two. That's okay. You just have to be very clear about what you're working towards. When you have that on paper, it's easier to make those decisions. Let's go through a quick example of this. Maybe you have a goal of getting a $5,000 emergency fund within one year, so 12 months total. What we would do is we'd take 5,000, we would divide that by 12 months, and that would give you $416.67 is how much you need to set aside every single month in order to get your 5,000. So that's why it's so important to have that clear goal is because when you see that amount, I need to save $420 a month in order to reach my goal, and you look at your budget, you may not be able to afford it, and so you might have to extend that timeline just a hair or side hustle to get a little extra money, which you already know is one of my favorite ways to accomplish my goals and just like enjoy life more is to side hustle and let those pay for my little joys in life. It works for me, man. (laughs) 
The next big problem on why people may not stick with the budget is because they don't have accountability. I find that there are two types of people in the world. There's the types that can go to the gym and just go consistently and not have any issue getting to the gym and sticking at the gym and they just build up that habit really quickly. Those are people that are very self-motivated. I applaud those people. There's also people that are on the other side. They know if they have a personal trainer that's checking in with them, by God, they're going to be at the gym. So those two different types of people, neither one is wrong. They are both very capable of achieving awesome goals. However, you have to know and practice a little bit of that self-awareness of what type of person are you? Are you a self-motivated starter or do you need a little extra handholding? There's no shame in either one of these. But I find when you don't have any form of accountability, that's when you start to run into issues with your budget. So how do we fix this? I believe hiring a financial financial coach is one of the greatest things you can do because they are paid to hold you accountable. Your friend, I promise you, I see this all the time. Your friend will help you. They might hold you accountable a little bit, but they're going to fall off. They're not being paid to make sure that you stick with your plan. So that buy-in is not really there. So that's why I'm such a fan of hiring a financial coach. The other thing that I like to recommend for couples, or you could even do this with a friend or a roommate, but again, you have to know what type of person you are. But for couples specifically, I like the good cop, bad cop strategy. Here's what this looks like. It's Friday night and it's 7 p.m. You're exhausted. You've worked a full week. You're tired. You already got your comfy pants on and you are ready to just chill out and watch some Netflix and just relax a little bit, but you're not prepared for dinner. What do you do? You suggest, hey, let's just order DoorDash or let's just get pizza delivered. Let's do something that's a little bit easier. You are the bad cop or the good cop, I guess, depending on how you look at this, your partner is going to take the reverse role. They're going to say, you know what? I agree. It sounds so nice to order DoorDash, but what if we just look at our pantry and we just get creative and make something and save the money instead? That is so not sexy. Ah, no, nobody likes to do that, but it is so key. And I find with couples, you can really ping on each other and really help each other stick to your plans and accomplish some really cool things financially. If you have this good cop, bad cop strategy, try it out. I promise it works. And this leads us to our last reason why sticking to a budget is next to impossible. There's no tracking system in place. You have to have some type of a way of tracking your income and your expenses and having it all in one singular place. It helps so much with creating and sticking with your budget, but people don't really necessarily know how much they're spending. If you don't have that system in order for tracking your expenses, it makes budgeting super difficult. So here's the fix. I want you to manually track your expenses when you're first getting started with your financial plan. I find that you pay so much closer attention when you are manually tracking. The reason I, I love Mint, I love a lot of these budgeting apps and softwares that will tell you exactly how much you've been spending, but I find that it really detaches you from the actions. When you go through and you have to look at your spending every single day, it makes such a big difference in sticking with your plan and noticing and changing behaviors when you can actually see it all clearly laid out. That's why I'm such a fan of doing that instead of using an app, at least for the first three months of budgeting. I promise it works so much better. Another tip that I like to do that helps with that whole tracking system is weekly money dates. A weekly money date is where it's designated time on your calendar, Sunday, 5 p.m., every single Sunday at 5 p.m., you have your money date. 
And here's what this looks like. You're going to pull up all of your accounts and have that sitting in front of you. You're going to tally up how much you spent on all of your expenses for the week. You're going to, you know, say eating out this much groceries, this much. You're going to tally up all of that stuff. You only have to do this one time per week. I promise it only takes like 15 minutes max. And then you're going to review your financial goals. How is the progress going with those? Do you need to revisit? Do you need to change some things up? What's going on with your upcoming weeks? And then I want you to visualize your overall dream life. I think this is so important because money is just a tool to help us live our dream life. And sometimes we lose sight of that. We get so in our heads of what we think money should be. And we lose sight that money is meant to be enjoyed today and tomorrow. So you have to kind of work both angles. And I find those money dates to be the most beneficial for doing that and to look at today, but also plan for tomorrow and make sure that you are enjoying both of those. That is it for today. I hope you enjoyed these tips. And more than anything, I hope you take action on these tips. If you enjoyed this episode, do me the biggest favor and subscribe and leave a five-star review. It means so much to me and really does help the show get in front of even more people. Thank you so much for tuning in and I will see you next week for another episode of the Money Nerds Podcast. Bye. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.